Precious God, please, through alchemy of great spirit, break open these ancient words for us this day and help us to lean in to hear what you would say to each one of us. Through Christ, the living word, we pray. Amen. So in Isaiah, this ancient prophetic text, this Jewish sacred text, we hear that this is God's longing for a fast that is about loosing the bonds of injustice and undoing the yoke and letting the oppressed go free and giving bread to the hungry, bringing the homeless poor into our houses and clothing the naked, making relationships in our families. Too often, almost tragically from the very beginning of the Christian tradition, there's been a stream of anti-Semitism. A view that sets itself against Jewish faith. And it's even there in some of the earliest texts that we have. And part of it, you hear in that rhetoric, oh, the God of the Old Testament is full of anger and judgment and war, and the God of the New Testament is full of love. That's anti-Semitism. That's participating in it even when we don't realise it. Sure, there are particular verses that can be plucked out of the Old Testament or the New Testament to justify an image of a wrathful God. Plenty of people do that in order to push their own agendas of judging and excluding. But as we hear in Isaiah today, there is this strong image of God longing for justice and mercy, especially for those who are being oppressed or excluded. And this is deeply grounding the whole of Matthew's gospel and reflected in Jesus' life. Today, as we lean in and hear some more of the Sermon on the Mount, we can hear more of this story. Now, you might want to notice this sermon in Matthew goes for all of chapter 5, all of chapter 6, and all of chapter 7. It's so important for this author to unpack what Jesus' teaching were about. In Mark's gospel, in contrast, we hear a lot that Jesus went from place to place teaching, but we don't hear that much about what he said. But in Matthew, this is entirely core at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, explaining and unpacking who Jesus is and who this reveals God to be. And last week we heard the beginning of the sermon, blessed are the merciful and the peacemakers, those who stand up for justice. They're blessed because they are reflecting who God is, the merciful one, the peacemaker, the one longing for justice. But in the midst of the reading today, we hear Jesus saying, don't think that I've come to abolish the law. Why do you think Jesus is saying that? Because some people think he has come to abolish the law. Some people are starting to go, well, this feels kind of different to, to what we've been taught. And likely 
the people in the community that the author is writing to are having big issues with this question now. Because it's most likely that the author of Matthew, whoever they're called, is Jewish. They're so deeply, they know Jewish faith really well and most first believers are Jewish. But then pagans start joining in. Us, non-Jewish people. And so the debate begins, well, do they have to do all the laws or do they have to do some and what, what is the issue here? So this is a really live issue when this person is writing the gospel and here he has Jesus say, don't you think that I've come to abolish the law? That is not what it's about. I've come to fulfil the law. An astonishing claim. And Jesus makes this claim in Matthew because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, revealing who God is and what God desires and it's mercy and compassion. Just like the reading in Isaiah, mercy and compassion. And so from the Matthean Jesus perspective, when religious leaders start to put their interpretations on the law which stop mercy and compassion, then they're not reading the law properly. Because mercy and compassion fulfil the law. That's the purpose and that's why Jesus can make these astonishing claims. So we need to be alert to the ways we might have been conditioned or enculturated to think about Old Testament and New Testament. God is the God of mercy throughout. But I'd like to just for a moment drill down into this curious metaphor of salt. There's a lot of uh, imagery in the church of being light, Christ being the light, we are the light, lots of songs, lots of hymns. But in that passage, Jesus also says, you're the salt. You're the salt of the earth. So what's salt used for? Let's have a think about this metaphor. What is salt used for? Thank you. Less, lots of things. Let's, Let's gather in the things. What is it used for? Preserving. Cleaning. Say that again. Form of currency. Ha. Huh. Currency. So preserving, cleansing, currency. Flavor. I'm quite committed to salt, personally. That's <laughs> in the same. That's right. Was something else? Balance. Yeah. So that how is the salt like truth? essence so it can um one way i think well we'll talk about this is if it draws out flavor maybe that's part of the metaphor drawing out the truth yeah okay i want to i want us to unpack these because these metaphors are rich they're multi-dimensional and we're supposed to engage with them we're not supposed to sit and go oh yeah we're the salt go home so Salt is used to taste, to bring out the taste, the goodness of food. Salt is used to preserve food. Salty water in the sea, but also in hospital, saline, is for cleansing and healing. And I don't know about you, but salty tears can be incredibly important in bringing relief in the midst of sorrow. Salt water is life and our own bodies. Yeah. Exactly. 
So if we were to take seriously as Jesus communities, because you plural, you are the salt of the earth, let's think about what it might mean. That we might be about preserving the good, the truth of God's call, which we know from Matthew's gospel is mercy. The law of Christ is love. So preserving that, holding that, seeking to live it out, sharing it. That longing for justice and mercy. But also, what about if it's about being in the community, highlighting the good, drawing out the taste in our global village, that taste of love and justice and mercy, drawing out that just by being part of it, What about if Jesus' communities, the church, is supposed to be about healing and cleansing? Little places, little pockets of healing and cleansing, just like salty water. What about if Jesus' communities, if the church, is about being a safe enough place to weep and to join in God's weeping and longing for justice and truth and mercy. So naming the injustice, standing in solidarity with those who are grieving, like Jesus says in the sermon, blessed are those who mourn, but also safe enough for us and our tears. This is a very different image of the church to that of grand buildings. And this is a very different image of the church as judging and condemning with a megaphone. This is a very different image of the church at the centre of society telling everyone else why they're wrong. Jesus chooses to use a really humble, humble metaphor. You're the salt of the earth. It's a grounded metaphor. I think embedded in this multi-dimensional metaphor is the call to be humble. Not about being grand or large or imposing, but instead of being little pockets of spicy community where it's safe enough to weep, where the goodness is highlighted and drawn out where the truth of God's love is preserved, where the walls are porous, where there's room for all. Not an image of the church as huge and overbearing that takes the taste away from everything else. Because what happens if you have too much salt, friends? Ruins. Can't have too much, is that what you say? Yeah, it kills us. And it tastes awful. So not, as the, not an image of the church as overbearing and ruining the taste of everything else, but of being little pockets that highlight the love of God and share it and live it. Humbly, locally. I think it's time to put down... I know many people already have here, but I think it is time to put down any deluded images of the church triumphant. 
towering over society, telling others what to do, that longing for the church to be at the centre anymore because I think it was misguided all the way along if we take seriously what Jesus said. Jesus did not say, go and build buildings and amass wealth and judge other people. Jesus said, go around loving enemy and loving neighbour and not judging and you are the salt of the earth. So there's a gift right now in the church no longer being at the centre of society in the West. We can finally get free from the idols and be who we were called to be. Salty communities, little pockets of light that are energised by Christ, that are filled with the Spirit, that are safe enough places to bring our own wounds and be healed in an ongoing way and to share that love and that generosity and that healing and that space for tears for all. To be the kinds of spaces that Holy One Sacred Three can flow through and bathe us in and heal us and others. Amen.